Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. I am Kerwin, and I'm here with my buddies. Bushro. Excellent. And we are ready to talk travel again. Um, just remember to uh, go to um, Apple, 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 iTunes, Apple Podcast. <laughs> search for What's Happening in Travel or search for uh, Kerwin McKenzie at Kosher Park, and you can find us on there. Uh, subscribe. Send us a message and let us know what you think. Um, all right, Kosho, what do you what do you have as your background today? I have uh, BA seven four four that was uh, uh, repainted with the old BOAC livery from the sixties uh, and seventies. Nice. And unfortunately, this one has been sold to Russia's Russia Airlines, so it's no more. Yeah. I'm hoping they paint to triple seven. I know. I was just thinking that they're going to have to paint the the fleet that they have now with whatever colors they, they lost, quote unquote, right? But it just doesn't look as dramatic on a 747. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know, no, no, you're right. You're right. I agree with you. But it may look cool in an A350, though. <laughs> nah, I don't. <laughs> um, and I have um, so one of the fun things, which I guess we don't have anymore. Is, hey, you know, it's a good thing I have this picture. It's a photo of um, when you leave Frankfurt in the mornings. All the long haul uh, airplanes um, park up at one one side of the concourse. That's actually the the U.S. side. Or the international side in SF. Yeah, it's called Q, right? Concourse Q or some late alphabet letter. Yeah, but but it's cool because you you walk, you see San Francisco, Houston, Chicago, New York, all the cities that they fly in the U.S. And at the other end are seven four sevens usually, and even Mexico because they fly all three eighties now. Yeah, and they used to fly the um, uh, São Paulo. And the Rio, they used to use the, the 747-8, which I guess they probably still do. So this is a series of all Dash 8s and 747-400 just parked up. So we'll never see that again. <laughs> so let's get started. Um, Delta is always in the news about how amazing they're doing with just trying to keep on top of, um, of the whole coronavirus thing. And so um, what are they doing now in terms of cleaning, cleaning technology, Kishore? So as you mentioned in the last episode, um, United's marketing is not as, uh, shall I say, loud as Delta's. Because even though United is doing a lot um, of innovative things in this uh, COVID era, Delta seems to somehow get a lot of press. Right. And this week, they announced um, additional measures to ensure the cleanliness of um, onboard uh, conditions. And this time, they focused on the aircraft lavatories. So what they announced is that they are about to begin uh, installation of antimicrobial LED lighting in aircraft labs starting with their 757-200s in mid-November. Um, and they hope to be done in um, early 2021. But as I said, it enhances cleanliness and customer health. 
and adds an additional layer of antimicrobial protection to aircraft labs. The only problem is that the COVID era is not a microbial issue. It's not a bacterial issue. It's a viral issue. So, and since these flights are antimicrobial, I'm sorry, they call it antibacterial. No, it is microbial. Yeah, microbial, yeah. So, um, I <laughs> imagine that uh, this would be a, yet another layer of security for passengers. And this was actually, I believe, announced at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas in February, January or February this year. Oh, yeah, they had, in, they had a thing there. January it was. Yeah. So it's in collaboration with a company uh, called VYV, but apparently it's pronounced Wive. Oh, okay. Um, so um, it is a physical, visible spectrum LED light, so it's non-UV. And they're going to place it over sinks and countertops in aircraft labs, because those, they say, are the uh, high-touch areas of uh, laboratory. So what about the door? No, they didn't say that. And what about the seat cover? What about the floor? Yeah, what about the seat? Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody uses a seat that's in some form or fashion. Yeah. You know, or, or how about the little touch button that you flush? You know, as, I guess it's hard to shine a light directly onto that. I don't know. Yeah. But they're hoping that the electrostatic spraying and the nightly cleanings and well, all that will take care of that. See, we just need so, like, we just need like, um, you know, once you, once you close the door, a little thing comes on and just like sprays the entire area, like everything. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, so you, you know, see, so you, so you have like a, that's practical because if I, you've ever been like on a long haul flight, you know that the door barely has time to close before. Course, yeah, and if someone else waiting. Enters. But you have like two minutes. I mean, a minute. So, so that's so that's the challenge, right? The challenge is to clean the surfaces quickly enough so people can use them in environments yeah. like this. Yeah. And then I guess, uh, I assume that the airports are going to use this type of technology. Uh, I would assume so, within yes. the airports as well. Because you notice airports are not saying anything, right? They're just all being quiet. <laughs> and it's like- But it makes you wonder how dirty were these planes before all this? Oh my God, Kershaw, very dirty. I mean, seriously, <laughs> you've seen them? I, look, I've gone, I've gotten up. So went to go to the bathroom and go, I am not going in there. And I turned to the flight attendant who was just walking by and I said, um, can somebody just please take care of that bathroom? And as she looks at me strange, I'm like, well, I can't do it. It ain't my job. <laughs> I didn't do it and you didn't do it either, but it is your job. <laughs> this is what you do. Yeah. And I've been on um, like A&A and they clean the toilet every 20 minutes. And I know because I had the seat right next to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad so, Delta is um, doing doing yeah. something like that, and of course it's going to force the other airlines to do this to do something, something comparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now Delta has this hand sanitizer dispensers throughout the cabin, especially near the uh, labs. Yeah. So I guess that would mean one extra layer of protection when you deal with the handles, which, not which the toilet seat or the flush. Which only makes sense. And it's weird when people are saying, oh, you know, you, you know, there have been a very small number of cases of people who have, have caught COVID on an airplane. It's like, 
but I'm not only in the airplane, right? It's like the airport. Yeah. And if the airport isn't doing anything, you know. But it's really quite amazing, the technology that has developed and the yeah. innovation that has come from this crisis. Yeah, it's good. And, and it, definitely, uh, it definitely makes, um, makes sense to, to do that. I'm, so, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that they're doing that. And um, they're really are you pushing really excited that they're doing this? Yeah, I really am. Okay. I really am. I mean, they're, um, they're definitely pushing the envelope. And, you know, they're making... I always liked Delta. Delta is my first airline that I ever worked for. So okay. I've, all, I've always liked Delta. Your first love. Uh, yeah, but, you know, they never really hired me full-time. But that's a whole other story that I have to tell you at some point. <laughs> but I still like Delta. Oh. Um, okay, speaking of Delta, uh, something dramatic happened with their fleet this week. What was it? Actually, today, in ah. a few hours, um, Delta 8777 um, is currently in the air on its way to Los Angeles, LAX. And it's supposed to land at 4 p.m. West Coast time, which is about two hours from now. Yeah. So that would be the last Delta 777 flight. Uh, so why LAX? Um, because they are then being flown to the desert. Oh, okay, from there. So, so was that yeah. an Atlanta LAX flight? No, that was a JFK LAX. The previous flight today was 8787. Uh, from Atlanta to LAX that landed at, well, actually, is supposed to land at 4.30. So um, in a little while from now. Yeah. So yeah. the previous flight, um, previous inter last international flight was Haneda, uh, Tokyo, to LAX on October 30th, yesterday. Cargo, cargo, cargo. Cargo only, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So these uh, were first introduced into Delta in March, 1999. So um, it's been about 20 years since this aircraft has been in service with Delta. Wow. Now the 350 um, and in future, the 330 NEOs will take over long haul duties from the triple seven. Such a shame that all these amazing airplanes are going to the bone. Yeah, yeah, it's like so, really? I'm sure they will find a buyer for the for their triple sevens, especially the 200 LRs, because those are not that old. Yeah, they're perfectly. That's such airplane. a niche aircraft, though. Yeah, not many airlines need it, but uh, it, they could be converted to cargo aircraft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we will see. God, you know, long range flying. I mean, like Australia closing is such a damper on things. Yeah. Now, so now they're New most Zealand. Airbus uh, flying airline. They only have the 764, uh, uh, a few 757s, and uh, well, not a few, but 757s and uh, 737s. Yeah. And they're probably not going to get rid of 757s for a long while. I mean, yeah. Those are those are quite the workhorse that they fly mm -hmm. transcon and stuff like yep. that. Um, wow. Um, All right. Uh, what do we have next? Hold on. Um, for crying out loud, another new airline. Oh, <laughs> it where is, is this? Uh, Which this is airline the, are you referring to? 
Oh, which oh yeah, okay. I'm referring to the one in Lithuania. It's like yes. um, in a place like Lithuania where they already have. Who did I fly out of Lithuania? Oh, it was Ryanair. I flew into um, uh, into Lithuania recently. All right, tell me about this new one. Who is it? So this is a, it's actually an established company called Heston Air, uh -huh. based in Lithuania, and they are an ACMI company, so an um, aircraft crew maintenance and insurance. So they provide oh. all that. So they wet leases, wet leases. Okay. Um, okay. Lends to other airlines, uh -huh. and uh, they decided that they want to start. Um, Heston Airlines in early 2021. Um, I am not sure this is really going to last very long, but who knows? Do I know? They're going to start out with three 180-seat Airbus 320s um, for customers in for service in Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and they plan to increase to seven aircraft in 2022. Um, so they're in the process of getting an air operator certificate. So um, let's see how that goes. But they plan their plan for differentiation in the overcrowded European skies are offering value through, as they say, structuring innovative operative operative leases um, and uh, maximizing end of lease aircraft returns by selling or uh, having their engines parted out. Hmm. So they tend to, they want to, as they say, capture efficiency and cost effectiveness of the current market situation without the load of restructuring costs. So I don't know if their base is going to be uh, in Vilnius or elsewhere, but they're going to have a battle on their hands, Air Baltic. Yes, they definitely so, will. Uh, and I plus there's Lithuania, right? Yeah. Which is the regional area. So we will see how long this lasts. Probably so, not long. Maybe these guys just want a tax break. <laughs> for all the losses they're going to incur. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, oh, I have way too much money. I'm paying too much. You know, let me form an airline. I'm going to lose the money anyway, and then I can't write it off. <laughs> Are we cynical know. enough yet? <laughs> I know, right? It's just been so many of them, Christian. It's like, and, you know, we know the end game. So it's like, yeah. do these guys not know? And, you know, they just need to hire us and just, um, you know, just hire us at the beginning, and we'll tell you. It's not going to work, but pay us anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, we'll save you a lot of money. But pay us half of the money that you know you're going to lose anyway. Uh, it's too funny. <laughs> but it's got an interesting color scheme. I'll, tell you, I'll say that much. It's yeah, not that's, a boring that's good. land. That's good. So does this that mean I have to go back to Vilnius? Because I, I was there, uh, or I guess it was earlier this year. Um, no, it would, have been, it would have been last November I went. Um, and I, I actually just flew in from London and Ryanair out of uh, South End Airport. You ever flown mm -hmm. out of South End? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I flew out of South End on Ryanair and uh, got to Vilnius, spent the night in Vilnius and left the next morning. <laughs> it, was, it was a yeah. fun trip. 
a typical non-rib trip, right? Uh, or non-rib type of trip. I had to actually bought a ticket for that one. Um, all right, where are we going? Um, okay, speaking of new airlines. That's right. What's and going you on with take away to airways? the... So uh, two weeks ago, we had mentioned this um, airline called Ego Airways that was going to start out of Milan Malpensa with Embraer's 175, the E-Jets. Well, it turns out that um, this third attempt by the CEO to launch an airline out of Milan is not going to go very well at all because they were going to announce a press conference this week. They were going to have a press conference this week. Yeah. To detail their um, service announcements and, you know, provide other information about the airline. And they very abruptly canceled it and provided no updates about when it was uh, uh, next. It was rescheduled for. Now, of course, this is absolutely no surprise because last week we had talked about how um, Wizz Air and Ryanair had jumped into the Bari and Milan markets, um, not so surprisingly after Ego Airways announced their intention to start. Right. So They're not let's see if this is rescheduled and if it ever comes to fruition, but I have my doubts as to whether we will ever see an Ego Airways um, Embraer E-Jet in the air, even though they already have one aircraft yeah. at Milan. I think, so, you know, stay tuned. Just a I gave it two years, the airline. Yeah, no. Apparently, I was a little too generous. Very generous. <laughs> um, I think they would be so much better if they just change the name. Maybe, maybe ego is, means something different. In maybe Italian. it does. Um, you know, or maybe it's somebody's it's an abbreviation in, for something. Yeah, somebody's initial or something like that. But you really think it, a name change will matter? Uh, well, you know, it's. The name is kind of odd. <laughs> I mean, let's, so let's was the pre- so were the previous two, right? Uh, it was yeah. called Coin, and then Twenty Four. You know, they have a lot of these brands that they pay a lot of money to come up with these names, mm-hmm. and yeah, Ego is just—I don't know—it's just a bad name for an airline. <laughs> tell me, you know, maybe you guys can tell you. Tell me if you agree with me or not. Would you call your airline Ego? <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, a little more serious news, or actually good news. But it probably was an abbreviation. It but it didn't specify. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. South African Airways, they've gone out of business. They're back in business. Are they still in gone business? Gone out of business. They're back in business again. Well, they're back again. Because, um, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago that Ethiopian Airlines was in negotiations with the South African government to operate on behalf of South African Airways. Right. For their long-haul route. Well, it turns out that will not be happening because just this week, uh, the South African government um, gave the airline a lifeline again to the tune of... um, Ten and a half billion South African rand, which works up to about six hundred and forty point five million US dollars. Oh wow! Um, because South African was grounded in September, 
and not allowed to operate until um, they were solvent again. Yeah. So I'm assuming they will restart services, but this is a carrier that has not made any profits for about 10 years now. How many years? 10. Wow. So um, it's to be seen if it will change, but it seems unlikely though. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes sense that the government would bail them out in the long run. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these, a lot of these countries, um, they want to have their flag carriers, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and South Africa's a, I would say yeah. one of the preeminent countries in Africa. Mm -hmm. Not to have its own airline is sort of... Uh, yeah, so I, I couldn't painful. see them. I couldn't see them just, you know, having Ethiopian flagship as their no. carrier. No, no South African would fly, right? <laughs> then you look at Nigeria, though, right? Which is the most country in Africa and it doesn't really have a flag carrier. No. no. They've got Peace Air, but that's and it is, wasn't there a Nigerian Airways Air Peace. Yeah, there was. Yeah. That was ages ago. Yeah. And and that country's in turmoil right now. So that's right. Uh, yeah. Know, ho hopefully they'll get they'll get their act together too. <clears throat> um all right. Uh we're gonna we're gonna jump over to India for a little bit. And we've talked about spice jet before, but um, a, a spice shuttle? Yes. So <laughs> this is a, apparently a means to generate additional revenue. Okay. And uh, I don't know about you, but this is the first time I've heard of an airline that operates regular scheduled service with jets, having a subsidiary or any part of itself that also operates a seaplane service. Now I know in the Maldives, um, seaplane airlines, I think Maldivian is one of them. It is. But I don't know that they have, um, you know, regular scheduled non-seaplane activities. Yeah. But in any event, yeah, my shuttle so. is Blade? the name of the seaplane. Blade does uh, that, they have helicopter and seaplanes. Okay, but no fixed wing aircraft. But no fixed wing ground aircraft. No, not that I know of. So, but anyway, they started service today, as a matter of fact, um, in the west coast state of Gujarat, flying okay. from the city of Ahmedabad, which is actually a river uh, uh, flowing through Ahmedabad, going to a location called Kevadia, which is the site of the world's tallest statue. It's oh, a 30 okay. minute flight um, and it costs Indian rupees 1500, which is about 20 US dollars hmm. using the de Havilland Twin Otter for a total of 19 passengers. So it's not a bad fare. No. But, Why are they doing um, this? Sorry? Why are they doing this? To try and raise additional revenue hmm. for themselves. And also, it's part of a government mandate to improve connectivity with uh, very small Indian cities and towns that don't have the infrastructure or the capability of um, an airport near them. So it's like the essential air service in essence. It's, it, it is exactly that, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they have uh, the authority to operate 18 routes within India, but this is the first one they started today. That's encouraging. So, yeah, it is. So yeah. I think it's very unique. 
Yeah, it is. It is. So, it definitely is. You ever done a seaplane? Yes, I have, actually. So, Are they just weird? I'm curious to see if they offer any sort of service on a 30-minute flight. I bet they do, actually. You think so? <laughs> I bet they do. Even though it's an Asian airline. Yeah. But, you know, like, what, what, what would you need for half an hour? By the time you get on, it's like, yeah, yeah I'm done. I don't even know if a Trinata has a restroom or a lav facilities. Uh, you I know, don't I don't believe they so. do. I don't know if they do. They're not big enough. No, they're not big enough. No, I actually don't so. think they have one. I'm just trying to think of all the... Um, I've not flown a Twin Otter, but I've flown Cinnamon Air in um, Sri Lanka, but okay. I don't think that's a Twin Otter that they have. Uh, yeah, I doubt if those little planes okay. have anything like that. Too much weight, right? Um, yeah. Wow. Well, good luck. I hope they succeed, actually. I do hope they succeed. I really hope they well. succeed. Yeah. Oh, and we use a term that probably some people don't understand is essentially a service. Mm -hmm. And it's where the government pays the airlines a uh, subsidy to fly a route because that community is typically cut off from the rest of the world, in a sense, um, without having that route. Um, you know, or like uh, some places, it would take like you know, two, three days to drive there. Um, whereas if you have air service, it's over the mountains or something like that. And, um, and the government usually pays the airlines to, to fly that route. Because it's completely unviable for the airline to provide that service. Exactly. So, uh, and so um, after doing the COVID thing, a lot of those routes got axed because the mm -hmm. airlines couldn't afford them. And I think a part of the act, the CARES Act that they had, was that they had to fly some of these essentials, essential mm -hmm. routes. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So one more story. Um, <laughs> geez, I think we should call this episode. Uh, how many new airlines have started since COVID? <laughs> that, that, that's right. We have focused on new airlines. <laughs> and yet another oh. one. Uh, what, what's Japan ANA doing now? So <laughs> ANA, as you know, has speech aviation as its low-cost subsidiary. Mm -hmm. Well, after a long... Um, what is the word? several months of planning, okay. they've announced that they need another airline within ANA, the ANA group to cater to new and emerging markets in Southeast Asia and Oceania. So they are going to restructure the entire airline group, ANA group, and they're going to keep ANA uh, for short haul, medium haul, and long haul flights. Beach aviation is going to focus on low cost in the short haul market. And this new airline, which is going to be based on its charter operation Air Japan, is going to focus on a mid-level service airline. It's going to operate with Boeing 787s with 300 seats, but it will have a business and an economy cabin. And they're going to operate uh, mid-market, mid-haul, uh, so not long-haul, but mid-haul routes. Okay. And uh, they've also announced that they're going to allow uh, customers on Peach Aviation, which is their low-cost subsidiary, to use ANA mileage. So oh, okay. really, there is no difference. There is going to be less and less differentiation 
between flying ANA, Beach, and this new airline. Mm. We haven't given it a name yet, but um, uh, this is what they're going to go ahead with uh, in the near future. Uh, they're also looking at getting 321 LR. Uh, this is ANA. So they're going to um, expand their narrow body range and they're going to enter the cargo market in a bigger uh, way. Yeah. But they're not an Airbus carrier. ANA is. It has 320s. What do they have? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Short so off. this is going to come in being hopefully in fiscal 2022. Um, and as they say, and again, this is marketing gobbledygook, will be capable of responding to sudden changes in demand. So it's low cost operations with 787s configured for 300 plus seats. And what they also did is after announcing initial plans to retire seven aircraft this year, they suddenly upped that to 35 aircraft. Wow. Most 22 of them are going to be triple sevens. So, um, well, they're not flying, they're not flying any long hauls. I mean, it's very few, it makes it no, no US, no, no, uh, no Australia. So, yeah, but you know what? After this, after hearing about this, I then find out that Japan Airlines has even more subsidiary, subsidiaries, um. Because now they have this new Zip Air, mm-hmm. and they also have um, investments in Jetstar Australia, Jetstar Japan, sorry, Japan, yeah. which is the low cost area. And they've also got a Spring Japan, which is the affiliate of Spring Airlines in China. Mm-hmm. So they're going to use Spring Japan to operate flights to China only, Jetstar Japan to operate flights to Southeast Asia and Australia. And that makes me wonder, what is Zipair going to do? Yeah. Um, so, I, I think why they're doing, because a lot of this doesn't make any sense to us because we don't understand the marketplace. At least I don't. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and and th- this happens a lot in Asia. We have, uh, they create all these carriers. Within a carrier. Within a carrier. And then they, you know, they do all the registrations in all these different countries, and then they operate to those countries. And I think it has to do with how, like, all the taxes. Um, it, yeah, it's a, it's just very interesting because. But isn't that the AirAsia model? But this yeah, is different, exactly. though. It because is kind of the Air model. has a Japanese registration, as does Beach. Yeah, so there's something else there. And what I don't yeah. understand with with um with with the ANA thing is, so you're doing triple sevens. I guess you're having a denser configuration. Yes, uh, they used to be. They're now the the old what used to be the seven four seven SRs with the five hundred oh. seat five hundred plus seat seven four sevens. Yes, those are awesome. Yes, yeah. that was like a massive bus. Yeah, I flew one of them out of Haneda um, to, I think, Fukuoka. Amazing, amazing planes. And Japan Airlines is also going to reduce um, their fleet. I think they're getting rid of 11 um, 777s this year. 
Yeah. And all 13 of their domestic triple sevens, which include the 300. Wow. Uh, by 2022. So, so it won't be any fun going to uh, Haneda and, and Narita anymore. <laughs> uh, they're going to use the 350. Uh, what I mean, you know, seeing all these cool airplanes coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like yawn. <laughs> I want to think if you ever go to um, Tokyo, uh, and Narita and Haneda, make sure you go watch the planes. They have um, this amazing um, waving gallery and you can go up and you can watch all the planes. So uh, it's totally worth doing if you're ever um, in, in Tokyo. And, uh, and the Japanese, they really love airplanes and love airplane watching. So it's, it's, worth, it's worth seeing that. Yeah, um, yeah I, the, the airlines, how they do the airline thing there is weird because um, why wouldn't they just use ANA's planes to do the mid-haul? Because they're already, they're already flying those routes, the medium hauls, right? Yeah. And they have those 787s that they actually configure differently than the ones that come to the United States and go to uh, Australia yeah. and stuff. So, um, yeah. But it's probably going to be like all the other uh, airlines within airlines. Yeah. Uh, they're going to hire younger crew. They can pay less and uh, have quick turnarounds, no meals, no no this, no that, unless you pay for it. So. Can't have quick turnarounds anymore. You gotta clean the plane now. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That is true. Oh, that's funny. All right, that's the last one we had. <laughs> no, we've got to talk about uh, Qantas. Okay, what about Qantas? So this is the flight to somewhere. <laughs> because we've been talking for several weeks now about yeah. um, all these flights to nowhere that have been carried out mostly by Asian airlines. And uh, Qantas decided to get a little creative and offer a flight to somewhere. This but is their quote, not mine. But the borders are closed. Where are they going? Right. So they're going to Ayers Rock. Oh, okay. Site called Uluru, Very which cool I believe place. is the new name for Ayers Rock. Um, so here are the details. It's a twin, as they call it, a 24-hour getaway. You leave Sydney at 8 a.m. in the morning fly to Uluru, which is apparently a three and a half hour flight away, have several hours of sightseeing around the rock. Now, this is a spiritual area for indigenous. It and it's interesting um, that they're doing that, Kusha, because I thought they had stopped doing sightseeing in that, that you can't get on the rock anymore. You're, you're right. You're not allowed to climb. Yeah. That was from last year. Yeah. This is around the area. Okay. Uh, then they're going to have uh, an overnight hotel stay at a luxurious resort um, called Sails in the Desert. Apparently, this is a high-end place. Mm -hmm. Then they're going to have a three-course dinner under the stars, their quotes, not mine, um, where they learn about the history of Uluru. Uh, there's an early wake-up, another sunrise tour, uh, the four a brunch and then return to Sydney. Mm, okay. So you can have all this for the cool price of $24.49 Australian dollars, which works out to about 1730 US if you want to fly an economy. 
But for business class, the price is thirty nine eighty nine Australian dollars, which works up to about twenty three hundred US dollars. Uh, you can earn Qantas points for these flights, but you cannot book it with Qantas points. Okay, so that your gold want the cash. money. So yes. that's actually not a bad deal, right? When you think about what you're getting, but it's a twenty four hour trip. It's t- it's top class accommodations. Yes. Uh, uh, which airplane are they using? They haven't specified. Okay. Hope they use the so, I guess it depends on the demand, right? Yeah. No, but they would have to specify that. Yeah, but they must have figured that they were going to have, you know. Yeah. So this is going to be on December fifth alone yeah. only. So this okay. is currently a once. Yeah. Uh, one opportunity, but we'll think, see depending on the demand for this. I think it's going to be sold out. And, and this was also on CNN, so it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And I think one thing that we, that people have realized is that, uh, and you know, even here in the U.S., people are actually discovering the places that they live, uh, which yeah. is good. That's something that they they weren't able to do in the past. So uh, I'm glad that they're they're actually um, able to to do that. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. And um, I also wanted to point out. Um, that this week marked the first scheduled commercial service of the A321 freighter, uh, Qantas. So uh, we, again, we talked about this weeks, if not months ago. Uh, This was a collaboration between ST Engineering in Singapore, Airbus and their joint venture partner um, called EFW, um, it's in German. It stands for Elba Flugzeugwerk. Well done. Uh, they were involved in um, converting an A321 passenger yeah. to a freighter configuration by installing a cargo door and I believe uh, re-engineering the cockpit and the uh, L1 uh, entry door yeah. to meet rigidity issues. And um, this was actually sold to a company called Valair, which is um, an MRO operation based in Luxembourg. Okay. MRO, of course, stands for Maintenance, Repair, and Operations. And then Qantas, in turn, leased the 321 from this uh, Luxembourg operation and is operating it on behalf of Australia Post. So currently, it's doing... Uh, round trips between Melbourne and Bris- Brisbane overnight. Oh, okay. So it does that route back and forth. Um, it can take 24 uh, cargo pallets on both the main deck and the lower deck. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because that's sort of historical as well yeah no that's actually quite good so um that's cool so you know i guess the thing with covid is that a lot it's it's kind of forced our hand to yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean there is a market for this because um between three facilities in china singapore and the u.s they plan to produce 23 of these converted freighters a year by 2023. Yeah. So 
That is quite amazing. So, all right. I think that's all we had for this week. Yep, yep, that's about the size of it. Um, thank you guys for watching and listening, and uh, and don't forget to. Um, I know we stress this all the time, but uh, follow us on iTunes, subscribe to us, and leave a review. And you can actually listen to us uh, on iTunes, not just from iPhones, but you can listen to us from anywhere. And I remember we're on Spotify. We are on uh, Amazon Music. We're on Google. We are everywhere, thankfully. And so uh, thank you guys uh, again for watching and listening. And send us questions and let's hear, let us hear what you think of the show. Um, I think that's it, right? So this is Kerwin and my buddy. The show. And we are signing off another episode on, on October 31st. 31st, yeah, um, 2020. Talk to you guys soon.